Hello and welcome to Great Ridge Station. I'm your host, Sam Helgerson, and I'm pretty much a fixture around these parts. Thanks for stopping in on your way through. Season 3, Episode 1. Haha, <laughs> welcome back to Great Ridge Station. And with this, we begin Season 3. I owe you an apology. I managed to catch a cold over Christmas. Actually, on Christmas Day. The coughing, the hacking, the general obnoxiousness lasted until fairly recently. There may be some additional obnoxiousness, but I can't blame the cold for that. I missed the Season 3 launch date by a week, and I've had a couple of my regular listeners ask me about it. So, here it is. Thanks for your patience. Uh, With all the glorious fanfare that you've come to expect, this is the first episode of Season 3. A few weeks back, I had a conversation with a young girl, probably about 12 years old, the daughter of an acquaintance. And as you can probably guess, I did not ask what she wanted to do when she grew up. I find that to be a terribly unfair question. Instead, I asked her, what are the things that you care most about? I figured I might learn something from her, and she started telling me how she was researching possible careers. Not exactly the response I expected, but hey, she ran with it. She told me that she had been looking at a particular career. Now, out of respect for her privacy and her plans, I won't share what she had selected. That will be her story to tell. But when I pressed a little bit more, she said that she had chosen that career path because it is the highest paid job in the world right now. Yeah, I said, but do you love it? No, but it pays the best. I said, don't you think it might be better to do something you love? Nobody wants to go to a job they hate. And she gave me a look that said something like, I already thought of that. She explained that her plan was to make millions of dollars, and once she was rich, she could focus more on doing what she loved. Now, this young woman is a spitfire. She has a lot of potential, and if she channels it correctly and in the right direction, hang on. You know, when I was that age, I had similar dreams. I saw myself driving around in a Rolls-Royce convertible, living in an unlikely ranch near an unlikely town, kind of my own gated community. Apparently, I was an introvert then, too. But, you know, our conversation got me thinking, and you know how dangerous that can be. What real-life advice might I give to someone who is thinking about a lucrative career? So, I have some tips. Tip one, don't look for a job. Now, this is a tough one because uh, in order to have a meaningful life, we think we need a job. Now, don't hear what I'm not saying. There's nothing wrong with jobs. A lot of people have them. In fact, I have one. I have a job that I love. But the truth is, if you're just starting out in the working world, most of your jobs that you'll do over the course of your life haven't even been invented yet. You can't say my career will be such and such because you don't know that. Now, when I talk about my work, I'm often surprised how I got here. God's plan, not mine. I never saw myself teaching, writing curriculum, overseeing academic programs. And when I started my working career, the field of adult and post-secondary education really did not exist. 
Seriously, the idea of serving the educational needs of adults really didn't get its start until the mid-1990s. And for graduate education, it was a couple of years later. That's instructive. The job you will have tomorrow does not exist today. Jeff Bezos started Amazon because he saw an opportunity. He'd done the analytical work for his employer at that time and identified the fact that an online bookseller might be something that was untapped. Well, his employer declined to make the move, so Bezos quit his job and started Amazon. Now think about this. How irrational is it to sell hard copy books over the internet? It makes no sense. But he looked beyond the irrationality and invested himself in it. Jeff and his wife, Mackenzie, poured their finances, their efforts, and their passion into getting Amazon off the ground. And between the two of them, they created something big. When IBM was looking for a new operating system for their personal computers, they faced a challenge. CPM was the dominant market player, and they were unconvinced that CPM would be able to meet their needs. A young guy named Bill Gates offered to build an operating system. It was originally called PC-DOS, and later MS-DOS. That was the starting point for Microsoft, the firm that Gates founded. I read once that everyone who started working for Bill Gates in the first 10 years of Microsoft wound up being millionaires many times over. Here's the point. The best opportunities for the future don't exist yet. You may be the entrepreneur who starts those things. You may be the one who joins and helps build that new thing. But either way, you're going to have to do your research and keep your eyes open. Tip two, build both skills and character. For this new world of tomorrow, you will need deep skills. I refer to them as technical skills, but I mean technical in the French sense of the word. You have to have expertise in how to do things. Technique grows with experience, learning what works, learning what does not, refining your technique based on that. It's been said that practice makes perfect, but the truth is only perfect practice makes perfect. Improving abilities in whatever area requires you to learn from others. But beyond simple skills, you need to make the effort to not be a jerk. People don't share ideas or invest their trust in self-serving idiots. Your skills will only get you so far. I shared this once, but back in my pre-academic days, I kept a running list of consultants and contractors that I would not work with. There were a couple of people who were simply incompetent. Lack of skills put them on the list. But most of them wound up on the list because of some character flaw. Pig-headedness, inability to cooperate with others, unwilling to follow the job requirements, or blaming others. Yeah, it was a big list. And when resumes from those people came across my desk for a project, they did not get hired. Their character had a direct financial cost to them, and they never even knew it. Now that's actually a pretty good segue into tip three. Money comes to those who serve the best. I do business with people and companies that I trust and who can provide what I need and at the same time make me feel valued. It's human nature for us to go where we feel cared about. Sadly, this is what killed Sears. They seemed to have the attitude that they were too large to fail and their customer service fell to a deplorable level. 
More than once in several of their stores, I was made to feel like I was interrupting the salespeople. I never actually said this, but I wanted to point out that they're overhead and I'm the profit. You can't afford to lose me. I have a couple of stores, uh, one a bike shop and one a hardware store that I go to because they treat me well. I go there because I want to keep them in business. See, the better you serve, the more likely people are to give you their money. In general, if not in every specific example, those who serve the best earn the most. Tip four, despise not small beginnings. Wow, an Old Testament reference from one of the 12 minor prophets. Zechariah 4, verse 10. Do not despise small beginnings. I've always enjoyed listening to obscure independent musicians. Let me tell you, there's no such thing as an overnight success. People labor for years at their craft, and often it takes years of effort to have that breakthrough. I've had that happen with some of the musicians that I like listening to. They came out of nowhere. (laughs) I have a friend who writes one of the most engaging, insightful, funny blogs I've ever read. And every time I read it, I wonder why he doesn't have the huge audience he deserves. If you're interested, you'll find him laboring over his craft at almostthetruth.com. Have a look at his blog. As I mentioned in point one, Bill Gates was not always Bill Gates the billionaire. He was once Bill Gates the geek. You can't start at the top and work your way up. Despise not the small beginnings. Tip five, every day is a job interview. This one is courtesy of my wife, and yes, again, with her permission. I mentioned this during season two, but never forget that every day is a job interview. Your next boss may be someone to which you extend a simple, common courtesy. Don't count on a promotion if your current work isn't up to standards. But at the same time, don't count on a promotion if you look down on your coworkers and treat them badly. I had one boss who started out as a coworker. I also had one coworker who wound up reporting to me. The employment marketplace is a wildly entangled place. Live every day, do everything as though the rest of your career depends on it, because it might. A few weeks back, I was reading some horror stories from hiring managers, and one recounted how someone had cut him off on the road, flipped him the proverbial bird. Well, he stayed behind the fellow, and uh, he pulled into his company parking lot right ahead of this manager. In the rush to get to an open parking place, this fellow cut off the manager again, and again offered the single finger wave and laughed. Now imagine the surprise of that fellow when he walked into his job interview only to find that the person he had, well, introduced himself to earlier was exactly the person who would not be hiring him for the job he wanted. That's an extreme example, but it's one that did me good to hear. Remember, every day is a job interview. So here then are my five tips again. Tip one, don't look for a job. Tip two, Build both skills and character. Tip three, money comes to those who serve the best. Tip four, despise not small beginnings. And tip five, every day is a job interview. Ugh, crud. It's starting already. Expect part two of this episode next time at the station. I want to give you some practical tools for tips one and two. Things that don't just happen by accident. Thanks for joining us at Great Ridge Station. 
All content is developed by Dr. Sam Helgerson with appropriate citations of outside sources. Our sound engineer is Brick Martin. All background and bumper media is in the public domain and retrieved from archive.org. The opening music is from Guy Lombardo, Down by the River. The closing music is from Annunzio Montavani, Skyscraper Fantasy. I'm already looking forward to your next visit to Great Ridge Station.